0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about popular film
1: franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just so deeply, deeply embarrassed and ashamed at the realization that the Snyder Cut will be coming out before No Time to Die. (laughs) I'm getting it out of the way early, folks. I'm just, I'm mentioning it now.
2: I'm not letting it go. I mean, I'm Alex. And speaking of what the inside of our heads look like, uh, if you were to (laughs) freeze frame this movie with the subtitles on, where all the Muppets are standing around, and the subtitles say Broadway, 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 that's what the inside of my head looks like all the time. It's Britain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, this week we are talking about The
0: Muppets Take Manhattan, um... They were they got there before Jason. Jason had to take Manhattan from The Muppets, uh, it would seem. Have not seen the movie, but I'm assuming that's what happens. Uh, Alex, do you, do you have
1: information for us about the movie? I, why, yes, Tyler, I do. That was a wonderful segue, and now I I'm going to ruin it by mentioning how wonderful that segue was. <laughs> the Muppets Take Manhattan, directed by Frank Oz from... Not 2013. Why are you lying to me, Rotten Tomatoes? 84, I believe. 1984, it has an 83% and a 76%. The problem is when I go to the normal info area on the Rotten Tomatoes page, it lists off the release date for the streaming, not when it was actually released Hmm. in theaters. So Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not going to say you need to fix your site because, you know, but fix your site. Is it is it assuming that that's the only thing that's going
0: to matter in the future? Is when yes. Is when things start streaming?
1: Also, get our review of A View to a Kill on there, because nobody else's is. is. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Probably I gave it a rotten and Alex gave it a not rotten. I would have, if I... No, I, I definitely
1: gave it a rotten. <laughs> okay, well, cool.
2: Then. I don't remember <laughs> that one.
1: Alex, is <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if we're ever considered legitimate critics. That's, I just want our reviews for that movie on their
0: That's site. That's not the one with the telescope that recently collapsed, is it? That's Goldeneye, right? Yes. Yes.
2: yes. View to a Kill is Roger Moore, right?
0: I, that doesn't really. It doesn't really the clarify. Giant it.
2: blimp <laughs> over the Golden Gate Bridge at the oh, end. Oh, who's the bad guy in that? Oh yeah, Christopher Walken. Oh, right. I thought he was in one. of uh, He's like a, yeah, a Nazi yeah. science. Wait. Experiment. So,
0: so is that the one with the big telescope? Oh, I, no, no, no. That's the Sean Bean one, right? Which which one is? There is. Uh, we have what, watched what all of these movies, about? audience. I need I need to really establish this.
1: You say there's a giant telescope. I don't know. It's, Give me more this. It's
0: the big dome thing. I think it's the one with Sean Bean. Where? Okay, in, that's that's Goldeneye. Probably The end giant. is the big dome. And
2: was that, it a satellite so dish? They, was it a giant satellite dish? Yes. Yeah, Goldeneye. Yes, Goldeneye.
0: Yes, which recently that uh, it maybe telescopes not the right word for it. Whatever it is, it's a big thing for looking into the stars. And recently it collapsed because of like funding issues. Um oh. they weren't able to upkeep it, which was something. Um anyway, topical This also <laughs> says James
2: Bond and the giant peach, and I do wanna watch that movie. <laughs> sure. Spider. Well like, Surely see, I sure in we my made. web, right? What? <laughs> can you get can you get that T shirt on Think Geek? Probably. Um uh-huh. <clears throat>
0: We're not sponsored by ThinkGeek, though, so don't, yeah, don't, don't give your money to them.
2: Don't enter the promo code SEQUELS. Um, <laughs> is
0: the upcoming... If, uh, if we ever get a sponsor, a sponsor that offers promo codes, the, the code we're going to ask to be used is SEQUELS? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so we always have to say SEQUELS? Is,
2: is um, the upcoming Wonder Woman uh, uh, motion picture... Is that Wonder Woman, 1984 or 1985?
0: 1984.
2: Do you think? As in... do you think there will be a scene in this movie akin to the scene in uh, Glow where they just talk about Muppets Take Manhattan for a minute? <laughs>
0: Does that there happen? There is a scene. In in there is a
2: scene in Glow where um, uh, uh, the producer Chris Low, Chris Lowell played him. Bass, bash, bash when Bash is talking mm, to yeah. Betty Gilpin, and he's like, did you see Muppets Take Manhattan? They did a Whisper Network, and here's how I think we should do this. And then they just do their <laughs> own Whisper Network for the Glow Show, and it works. That's very good. It's...
0: And a good way to get us back to talking about this movie instead of Look, I'm not going to say
1: I'm going to give Wonder Woman 1984 an F if they don't do that, <laughs> but... I'll see you all on Christmas. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about the Muppets Take I Manhattan?
2: bet Chris Pine has amnesia like
1: Kermit. Uh,
0: Um yeah, I think my best thing about this is the overall um story. Uh maybe not necessarily individual elements and we'll we'll get into it. I think my experience in general with the movie was kind of um uneven. I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff and some stuff I'm like, "Yeah, that didn't really work." Um but Uh, I really like the concept and I know it's, it's not like a particularly original concept, but the idea of like, Oh, they're, they're trying to make it big. And, uh, Kermit's trying to, um, get his, his show produced. so All his friends can come back to Broadway and get paid. Uh, while all his friends are having to like go back home and you know, they're, they're waiting for the big break. Uh, I think it's a really fun premise and I think it allows the movie to, um, actually have like acts, (laughs) Uh, which maybe not was not necessarily uh, the case for the last two. Um, I think the structure overall makes more sense and, and you can tell like where the movie is trying to go. It has a sense of direction. Um, in general, the fact that we're following these characters and there is tension in terms of what's happening to them. Um, and I think, because we, t- we spent a while talking about how uh, Great Muppet Caper was kind of it, weird because all the characters were actors mm-hmm. or were or being actors playing a character very similar to themselves. And so it kind of just sliced through this layer of of tension and and didn't really allow there to be any sort of, like, investment in the plot because it's like, well, this is all a movie, but also we're not getting enough of the making the movie part of it to really have an interest in that side either. This one is a lot more like, it's just a story. Uh, The Muppets are all hanging out. They're, they're, I guess, playing different characters. We don't know exactly uh, what... um, that I So I guess the idea is that they're all just playing different characters, because they're not, like, the same characters as the canonical Muppets. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't yeah, know. the
2: Muppets, it's, it's like the Looney Tunes or Mickey Mouse. Like, they just kind of, like, and then this one, this is what Bugs Bunny is doing. You know, it kind sure. of, it, these movies aren't, like, sequential chapters in a larger story. It's just, like, right. and, and this one doesn't have a framing device like the previous two movies. This movie mm-hmm. is just, this is where these characters are and what they're doing. As exactly. opposed to the first one which is like um, we're kind of telling our origin story, quote unquote. And the second one, which is the movie in a movie in a movie situation.
0: Yeah. Um which is I think also cool through line that all of these are about like creating like yeah. the, the first one is like we've made a movie yeah. and now we're trying to um we're you know Produce this and and we're going back through and and showing you the whole thing and we've got this framing device and the second one's like we're currently making a movie and then this one's like we're making a play and we're trying to get a play produced i like that it's all about like there's a running theme of uh the this idea of creativity versus uh you know the cynicism of big budget productions and things yeah um, very Jim Henson, And uh, I like that a lot. And it, it's a stronger theme than many of the franchises that we have done on this podcast have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was another thing that I think just helped me be like, that I, this, is, this is very much, it feels like a Muppet story. Yeah. Based on what we've seen so far. Um, so overall, I really like the premise. I think it's fun. Um, I think my worst thing... There I don't know that there's anything that particularly stands out. I felt like at times the movie forgot where it was going. Mm. Um and I think I think it just kinda slows down and, and bows out a little, especially in the middle of the movie. Um so maybe I I think my overall worst thing, maybe I'll put it this way, is that uh <laughs> I found myself losing interest uh in like individual scenes. Yeah. Um and unlike with the last movie, I was able to get back into it pretty quickly. Uh, when something new happened that I was excited about, I, I think I mentioned with Great Muppet Caper, there were a few times where I was like, "Oh, that's really, this is really interesting and funny." Keep doing stuff like that, and then it would not do stuff like that, and then I would get bored again. <laughs> where this one was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Every now and then, my eyes are kind of glazing over, and I'm not that invested in what's happening, but it does pick back up again. And, and when it does, I'm interested in what happens next, as opposed to just being like invested in an individual scene." Um. So I would say there are parts of the movie that bored me is, is maybe the best way to put it. Um and I think that also kind of goes hand in hand with I, I don't think it's quite as funny as either of the last two. Um so again there's the trade-off of like emotionally there's more there in my opinion but also uh it it, it did not get as many as many chuckles out of me.
2: So uh I can, that 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 goes right in. I have uh, two best things so just to expound on what tyler was saying yeah i think that that is absolutely accurate um frank oz really took over this production jim henson was uh obviously still involved he produced the movie but he was trying to get started on labyrinth that was those wheels Mm -hmm. were starting to turn he's working on fraggle rock you know uh things that were happening in his personal life like he was very busy and so he was like hey frank You co-directed Dark Crystal with me. You want to take this over? And Frank was like, yes. Um, And then uh, Frank Oz got a little obsessive, (laughs) as you can tell by it being credited as a Frank Oz film. And it worked. I mean, Frank Oz is – I am crazy about him. And he – they brought in – you know, they had their writers. I can't remember their names, uh, but I think it was two of the writers who worked on Muppet Caper – but then Frank Oz was like this isn't really working and and so he has like a major screenwriting credit on the movie because he uh wanted Frank Oz am there's a quote that that Henson said about Oz and his like understanding of of his characters because I think what Oz really wanted to do uh yeah Jim encouraged the tinkering. This is from the book I'm always talking about. Oz said Jim was, quote, very precise in terms of his characters and what they're all about and thinks through that depth of why they are and where they came from. And all of that creates wonderfully real characters. That uh, uh, Oz really wanted to make this a character-driven story. He wanted to Mm -hmm. make this about the characters' relationships to each other give them stakes. He uh, wanted to give new dimensions to these characters. And I think he really succeeds in that. I think this movie has more heart. I, I think it's very sort of the inverse of Muppet Caper, where it has more of the heart and as such. And Oz has admitted to this, like, there's not as much lunacy. It's not as silly. No. It is still very silly, but it's I, – I feel the same way. I didn't laugh as much. I don't that, – that's my, my, my worst thing is that I don't think it's as funny as the previous two movies. But one of my best things is I think it's – I think the character work is, is strong and is interesting, um, and we, we can get into the shades of that, um, and that I think that really paid off, and I think it would have just been fixed if they had still allowed for some of that goofiness that we had. using like Having the anchor of, like, we have our solid plot, our foundation, we're going to tell this story, A, B, C, D, et cetera – we can also be silly and crazy. And this isn't a drama by any means, but I, I, I'm going in circles. Yeah. Uh, my other best thing is the Muppet Babies dream sequence. Uh, it's super <laughs> adorable. I love that song. Um, I love when Rolf says, She'll be a doctor of diseases and help you with your sneezes. I think that's such <laughs> so cute and such a great lyric. And um, I love it. And it obviously spawned the Muppet Babies TV show, which is great and did a lot of Star Wars stuff, including Baby Piggy walking around with uh, donuts on the side of her head. <laughs> sure. Uh, dear. Alex? Um, I think I'm gonna be
1: the one who's who's liking this movie the most. Um, oh, yeah, 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 this yeah, 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 might yeah, yeah, be my favorite of the, the three we've watched so oh, far. Wow. I can see that. Um, yeah, Tyler, I... I had a completely different experience i wasn't bored at all and my best thing is going to be the consistency mm. i didn't feel any weird pacing issues or or dropping points in, in in the plot where where i i just completely lost interest like this one i was I was with the whole way um and not not to say that like this is a, the most brilliant story you've ever seen <laughs> it's not it's very by the numbers um, but I, I, you know, points to the movie. Like I didn't feel like it was wasting my time. Sure. Um, the way that not not so much the first movie, but the second movie, it did feel like it points as like guys, yeah. I quit shoving a plot in here that you're clearly not interested <laughs> in. Like stop, just just go yeah. with the lunacy. Whereas this one, it felt like oh, I I was willing to go with there being you know slightly less crazy humor. Yeah. Um, For the sake of, okay, this is going to be more character-driven. We're going to try and actually tell a plot and actually try and get you invested in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was willing to take that sacrifice. Um, And I I really, really liked it. And it's amazing that this movie is able to overcome two of the worst, most cliched (laughs) plot devices. And make me completely fine with them. Number one being love triangle. Number Mm -hmm. two being a character loses their memory. Including a character
0: in a love triangle,
2: yeah, (laughs) yes. And and I think it helps with the love triangle bit that it's never really a love triangle. Piggy thinks it's a love triangle, but it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's why it works. It doesn't last long. It's not what the movie's about, and it ends pretty quickly. And I found Miss Piggy so much more enjoyable in this one than in the Mm -hmm. previous two, and I think that's just because she's she's kind of the crazy one in this. Like, like her just running after people and screaming her head off for some reason, I just think is super funny. <laughs> um, that that scene where she's she's working in the uh, the fashion boutique place with Joan Rivers right. <laughs> and they're just losing their minds. <laughs> like I thought that was all great, yeah, yeah, for and sure. I actually felt emotions when Kermit loses his memory. Oh yeah, like this movie was actually getting me in certain spots and I was like I, I was I was kind of shocked as it really felt like they were making concerted effort to look at some of the flaws with the previous film and try to improve. Yep. And I, I thought they did it very,
2: very well. I, I, I do agree um, and Frank Oz is a deeply serious person. Um I watched a bit of a video where he and Mark Hamill interview each other. This is recently this is post Last Jedi. And it's, yeah. it's really fun to watch. You know, Mark Hamill's very animated. He's this big storyteller and he's doing voices and he's like, yeah, and then this and da-da-da and this whole long story. And then it would be Oz's turn to talk and he would go, yeah, some directors have no idea what they're doing. And that was it. <laughs> like, he's just this incredibly <laughs> dour, serious man who is obviously extremely funny. He's an incredibly gifted comedic performer. Um Right. And I think that was something that he really – that side of him really comes out in, in what he did for the script. And I think it works, definitely. I hadn't thought about it, but this is – this movie, I think, more than the previous – and I know, I know, you, Alex, you've liked the movie so far, but, like, this movie is very much an Alex movie in that way of, like, it's very plot-focused. It's very, like, yeah. Let, let's tell yeah. the story. <laughs> That's a very Alex yeah.
1: thing. I, I like my structure. Yeah. I like my my characters being proactive, and we know what their goals are, and, and we see them try to achieve them. Um, when all when when the band splits up, when they all go their separate ways, like it's super it depressing. Yeah.
2: That's a lovely song, and I,
1: I I feel like this movie it feels like it's it's almost like an active attempt to redo the first movie. Yeah in a way where it's like okay the first movie is like okay they're going to hollywood to try and make a movie and be successful yeah but the movie's not really about that and they really get it handed to them on a on a silver platter when they just get there and ask for it um, which is funny in and of itself but it's like okay but where's the conflict where's yep. the you know where where's the it's, drive to really accomplish the goal it's whereas really almost a like
0: a like skit movie that introduces new characters with every skit like that's right. that's kind of how the first one plays
1: out right whereas this one is like no, the the goal that they are trying to achieve is very hard, and it, it, they keep getting doors shut in their faces, and early on in the movie, they, they don't think they can do yeah. it, so they break up. Um, i I really really liked all of that stuff and and actually giving Kermit some internal conflict and having him actually talk about his internal conflict I'm like this is a Muppet movie like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs>
3: One's like that because that it, where... it, it, it really
1: felt like there was a little bit in the first movie but in the second movie it feels like it's just completely missing for me yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh
1: I think this movie in particular it really just highlights the stuff that I didn't like about
2: uh great Muppet King yeah, no, I, 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 I see what you mean. Uh, Well, do, do your worst thing, and then I'll I'll say my thing. Do your worst thing. Yeah, do thing. your worst. I've made that joke um, at least five times on this podcast.
1: <laughs> um. Um, it's hard to come up with a worst thing. I think, you know, that being said, you know, all, all the stuff about, like, I like how there's actually conflict, and it's very difficult for them to accomplish their goals. I do think that once Kermit runs into the guy, the son yeah. of the, the guy who the, – the Broadway agent – I feel like then it starts to wrap up too quickly, hmm. and then it's like, okay, no, no, we need we need Kermit to lose his his mind. We need we need him to lose his memory. Yeah. We need something to happen yeah. for, to have conflict for the rest of the movie. Um, it felt like that at that point. It felt like we were being shortchanged a little bit. And that's very convenient. Um, but aside from that, no, I I really thought this was very very good, awesome. and it's it it probably is my favorite, uh, despite it not being the funniest. And I still think the first one probably is the best songs overall. Yeah. But I, I, I thought this was an active improvement over the second one. And I felt it was more
2: consistent than both of the previous films. So I get that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I really liked how this movie really doubled down on like Kermit has doubts. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. because he has and then he later has this like gung ho. I've got a three step plan and this is what we're going to do. That all sells because he had those moments of doubt early on in the movie where he's like, I don't know what to do. But then he has that scene where he's yelling about the frog is staying on the Empire State Building, which is great. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the reveal that, great. that Piggy stayed in New York when everyone else left Yeah, is great.
0: And, I was like, and the fact that that's played completely straight, yeah. that's just like... Nope. He's just, you know, he's he's emotional, and he's mm-hmm. yelling, and Piggy's there too, and that's a reveal, and this is dramatic. We're not even, like, the, I get that they're a frog and the pig. Who cares? They're, we're <laughs> When I was watching we're it, making
2: you care. this time I was like, oh, if, there's a joke after that, right? Like, he yells the frog is staying, and someone on the street probably yells something, there's a joke. And there's not. It just reveals that Piggy stayed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is like when Glenn stayed at the prison in Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is still one of my favorite things on that show. But, uh, I, I and i love when they're before they go into pete's uh and they're like yeah kermit what should we do what should we do and kermit's like what do you want i don't know like i don't have all the answers figure something out for yourself yeah and i think i, I in the biography i was reading I, I think that frank oz like put that in there for for Henson a little bit hmm. uh steve whitmire who who plays rizzo and will take over as kermit um Said like you know, Jim would like never really got irritated, but he would have these moments like that of like I, I don't know, I don't know. Just hang on, I can't have all the answers. And he said, so that was a very like Jim moment that like that's as mad as he ever got. Mm -hmm. It was interesting watching this. So so this is the last movie we'll do in the podcast where Jim Henson plays these characters. Right. Uh, Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. He. It was not the first time. It would not be the last time he played the characters. Um, but it was—it's the last, but the theatrical, theatrical movie that he performed yeah. as Kermit.
0: I—I knew right. this logically. I had not thought about it, until and yeah. pointed it
2: out. <laughs> yeah. So from here <laughs> like on I knew, out, I knew the timeline. But. Yeah. From here on out, Steve Whitmire is going to be—is going to be Kermit. Um, is it distracting? So the the voice change for me—I grew up watching both Kermits like interchangeably. Okay. So I grew up watching like. Muppet Christmas Carol, which was made in 92, which is Steve Whitmire, and also watching Great Muppet Caper. And so, like, I can definitely tell the difference between the two Kermits, but they both sound like Kermit to me. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be a little jarring for y'all, but I it's not like he has a different personality. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I, I, I did want to ask, because I noticed when Kermit loses his memory in this... It seems like his voice is changed he, well, I think, for I think a little he, bit, and, and I he he m- couldn't tell if that was a deliberate yeah. choice or if something was off on the uh, production. I side. think
2: it's him like mimicking those marketing frogs he meets because he gets kind of okay. like, "Oh, okay, Gil." <laughs> That whole thing. Okay, that's that's
1: what I thought, but sometimes he, he was speaking in such short bursts, I was like, I can't, something's yeah. off, I can't quite put my finger on
0: it. I, okay, I, no, I think
2: it was Henson. a creative choice that, that Henson was. Yeah, no, the,
0: I definitely, I got that as well, yeah. in, in terms of it being like a, he's deliberately changing the way he speaks right. so that yeah. it's more
2: so i I definitely had some moments in this movie that i was like oh when he's yelling the frog is staying like this is jim henson's last movie as kermit and the frog is staying Mm -hmm. is and then at the end when you see all of these characters in this big wedding scene i'm like oh there's ernie and there's like oh and this is henson's last like theatrical movie and so like it it had this extra sort of dose of meaning for me um which obviously was not in any way anticipated by anybody henson's death was quite sudden but still um yeah it's it's it'll be i i really like steve Whitmire's kermit i think he's i think he's terrific um so I, i you'll notice it but i think you'll also get used to it pretty quickly i think for me it was harder to adjust when frank oz and jerry nelson and all those kids started retiring um and i think it's because i was consciously thinking about it so that makes sense yeah um what did y'all think of the music because i know uh, the music in the last movie we all were kind of like "eh." about
0: i think it was uh i would put it in between i think it was an improvement i think yeah. there were more character driven um heartfelt mm-hmm. things uh, i think the first one still probably had more memorable stuff yeah but uh no this was, was good i felt like it was more of a return to form i agree um I agree. after kind of getting hyped up off the last one or off the first okay. one and then go and get yeah. the last one.
1: Well, it felt like all of the songs felt thematically more synced up mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. last film because, I don't know, the last film just felt so, so all over the place in terms of the skits and stuff, whereas this one felt very much about like, we're focusing on this group of friends that just want to succeed so all the songs are kind of related to that
3: yeah. <clears throat> um, and,
1: and these are songs and where I, the
2: previous one had numbers
1: Yeah, right um, Yeah, I thought it was all Fairly well done. In the, uh, you know, I complained to the last one about the uh, Miss Piggy song and nobody really caring for that all that much. And then this one. uh, Does she get her own number or is it just the uh, Baby Muppets song? I think it's just,
2: I think it's just the Baby Muppets. Because I think most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the duet with. Right. 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 Because most of the songs are group numbers, I think, come to think of it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, yeah, like, the obviously the opening and saying goodbye and all that stuff, those are all... And, well, Dr. Teeth gets his own song. Uh, sure. You can't take no for an answer. That was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think this music was definitely an improvement over, over the previous one. Uh, it's still not to the same level. Of, and, again, like, saying a, a score is not as good as the Muppet movie is is like well of course like that's one of i think one of the great song scores of movies um right and my second favorite muppet score uh i really gotta stop (laughs) overhyping our next movie we
0: know we get it you're in love with muppet's treasure island and you know
2: i kind of am it's really that's got some pretty (laughs) cool tunes in it the opening of that movie is genuinely haunting um okay
0: I'm excited. See that you you just got to spread the hype around. You got to get us excited for all these.
2: The next two Muppet movies are literally them playing characters. Like it, literally, the credits are Kermit the Frog as so and so. So at that, like, we are in for such a different experience in the next two movies where we are. Sure. They have adapted a piece of literature and cast the Muppets (laughs) in that world, and and occasionally human actors.
0: What what if they did? If, if like because i don't think the second muppets modern muppets movie did that well or like did yeah. enough for them to be really like hyped about like making another one or, or pumping them out what 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 book would they do
2: oh man C-
0: can we get the muppets war and peace <laughs> <laughs> can kermit be pierre
2: it's <laughs> kermit and, kermit and piggy and the great comet of 1812 <laughs> <laughs> the great
0: kermit the great the kermit 1812. of 1812 <laughs>
2: That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. There's
3: <laughs>
0: the title. All right. Yeah. Okay. Got it okay. in one. Let's get... who D- Disney owns them, right? Yeah. Yes. Now? Yeah. Let's get, get Disney on the phone. Get it. Just, you get know, it. Get Someone there. Get Kathleen Kennedy on the phone. Oh,
1: goodness. I mean... We'd like but, to I do a Muppets movie. Tom Hooper has to direct. Well... Him. Tom Hooper like will that's,
2: direct. Yeah. <laughs> or Toby Hooper, uh, who made... Was it Poltergeist <laughs> and Texas Chainsaw? Um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, which one would be more horrific? We'll let you decide. <laughs> yeah, the, the Muppets... And, and we're also going to drift away from Muppet movie cameos. Like, obviously, the next two movies have some mm. big-name actors in it, really want a piece. And then when the Muppet the Muppets reboot, then it's like, cameo, 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 cameo. cameo. Yeah. Um, which is fun. This I, one I, really... I like that. Because this one had Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, um, Art, Art Carney is the... Producer Lonnie, Lonnie, Burner, whatever. The producer's dad, the one who's yeah. only in one scene. That's Art Carney, who's like a huge deal. And uh, James Coco is the guy in the with Snookums. Oh, Snooky Wookie want his num? You know that guy in the dog, <laughs> the dog, uh, dog store. Um, yeah. And uh, there are other ones. Gregory Hines, the great, brilliant Gregory Hines is uh, the jogger who uh, Piggy takes the roller skates oh, yeah, from. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I adore Gregory Hines, uh, star of one of the great movie dance sequences from a movie called White Nights that I haven't seen. And uh, sure. Brooke Shields is in this movie as the customer at the diner who says that she's aided some rats. hmm And I was like, oh, yeah, from Blue Lagoon. <laughs> that movie, I didn't know what it was, but I stopped because I saw it on TV a few times as a teenager, and... Well, now you know why I stopped on that movie. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, I was a, I was uh, a younger man, but yeah, uh, Brooke Shields and um, <laughs> she's beautiful. What am I saying we respect yeah. women on this podcast? Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I guess there are there are a good there are a few. Cameos. Yeah, well, it's kind of
2: like Muppet um, Muppet Caper, where it's like there's a couple throughout the movie, but it's not like the Muppet and also
0: movie. it it is still like this is still a movie from 1984. So again, when I talk about with. The uh, the Muppet movie, how these are people who are like very established actors by 1984. Yeah, uh, as opposed to, well,
2: um, yeah. I I was thinking about this. Like, if this movie were made today, it would be chock a block with Broadway stars. Like Audra McDonald or Lin Manuel Miranda would be in it. Like, oh, of course, Hugh Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Like, it would be ruined with Broadway people.
1: Lin Manuel Miranda, we need we need a musical number with him in the Muppets. Is, is that is that something that exists, or, 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 or are we missing? He that? must. Like have Disney,
2: known. Disney, that's you have them both. You <laughs> have them both. I know. No, I know. That's a good question. Um, well, and this movie does have Liza Minnelli in it, so like, mm-hmm. that that's pretty Broadway. Um,
3: oh yeah,
2: I think. I think he actually was on Sesame He Oh it yeah. It does he, look like he was on Sesame He was Street. on Sesame, Sesame Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cute.
0: But I guess not not really like a
2: like a Muppets thing. Right. Everybody's been on Sesame Street, which is a good thing. Um, sure. Yeah, I And the Kendrick's appearance? Fine. Not as amazing as, as one would hope, but good. Emily Blunt's is good. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and now I'll name all the people who I've enjoyed on The Muppets sh- on, on Sesame Street. <laughs> Ray Charles singing the <laughs> alphabet, actually beautiful um did Arnold
1: make an appearance at some point
2: no, but Sylvester Stallone was on the Muppet show okay, and that's close did a gla- they he, show
1: that clip in Rocky Three, right? I think there's a they use that maybe. in hmm. the, that movie he does
2: a gladiator fight with a lion that turns into singing uh let's call the whole thing off <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good it's pretty great it's pretty good, yeah um I'm gonna say. Oh, but yeah, uh, Liza Minnelli's in it, and and I like uh, that whole thing at Sardi's is, is is like a Broadway joke because Sardi's is this huge restaurant in New York, very posh, where all the producers and Broadway stars hang out. And if you're a big enough star, you get a caricature on the wall, which is when they took take down Liza Minnelli's and put mm-hmm. up permits and stuff like that. So, also, um, according to IMDb, um, Martin Scorsese's parents are extras in the movie. <laughs> I don't know what scene. I don't know why. <laughs> what, what, what was Martin Scorsese directing in
0: 1984? Ooh. Can can someone can someone someone have this off the top of their head? Was that
1: like,
3: oh,
1: uh,
0: this, that's after Raging Bull, right? Yeah,
1: I think this would have been around the time of King of Comedy, but that might have been. It was just before then. Track. Did someone someone give me a, because I do like to imagine that this is in the same continuity as Goodfellas because. Uh, his mother
2: plays Joe Pesci's mother. <laughs> sure. In that. Oh, yeah. He, sure. uh, he would have been.
1: So I just I like
2: that. He would have been. Like that, he would have been that. filming After Hours. Okay. He was. He was. I, after... I really
0: like the idea of Martin Scorsese trying to get his parents to come to his movie set, and they're like, "But they're filming The Muppets over here. We, we got. They they invited. Us. We got to go see the Mupp. We, we want to be extras in the Muppets movie." And he's like, "What are you?" <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, the Muppets, For well, you know, I remember uh, um. they did a sketch where they went, uh, they, 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 they did the George Melies, a trip to the moon, only the moon was Fozzie, and it was a it was a pretty good joke, but I think they were missing, you know, there's a mise-en-scene with the way they shoot Rolf in that, and it's amazing. <laughs> I love him. Um, <laughs> yeah. N- maybe what it was, was he had just finished King of Comedy, and his parents were like, the real King of Comedy is Fozzie Bear. We're going to be in this movie. <laughs> leave comedy to the bears martin um
0: i like that martin's the idea that martin scorsese being this like prestigious award-winning um incredible uh director but he can't he's 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 just doing it all to win his parents uh (laughs) approval and they're just like nope movies aren't good enough martin (laughs) gotta do better
2: your brother's a tall doctor what are you doing (laughs) 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 um uh, so the movie that we're talking
0: about. Yeah, uh, um, yeah
2: go ahead.
0: I was going to say, uh, I did want to circle back, Alex, what you mentioned about the love triangle, because I think that's, for me, where some of the pacing stuff came in. Um, not because I really was like particularly off-put by it, but I felt like when they started introducing that, the movie was slowing down a little bit in terms of what Kermit was trying to do to to achieve his goals, um, sure. So there was a little bit there, and I think the movie does a good job of having him continually reiterate that, like, that he's trying to do this thing, and he's like, "I'm trying to figure out my next step and everything." Um, but there were there were a few moments, kind of in the middle there, where for me it slowed down just because I I felt like he was getting bogged down in like this relationship with uh, Jenny, quote unquote, or whatever. Yeah, Jenny, not relationship, but friendship. Yeah, basically, just it, it wasn't really. It, it felt like it's the momentum slowed um, at parts of the middle, and that was kind of where that got to me.
1: Maybe for me it was just that at the end of every scene with them, we'd get a sight gag with Miss Piggy in some, you mm-hmm. know, quote-unquote inconspicuous position <laughs> that's just always I, funny.
0: I will say the, the scene of her uh, trying to watch them while there are construction workers uh, <laughs> catcalling her. Yeah. Yeah. and then she bends the metal pipe
2: <laughs> 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 screams it's it's good yeah that that is a lot of fun Th- this movie definitely does the uh it begins a not really a trend but like human actors in a muppet movie that are not famous and don't really become famous later <laughs> and this is not an insult i mean i believe both of both uh, the guy who played this is Lonnie Price as the actor and, and the woman who played Jenny. They both still work. I think he may have become a director and a producer. But like oh, well. they're both they're both working, but you know, it's it's not like you're watching this movie and going, That's I don't know, that's Diana Rigg. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um Yeah, sorry. Martin Scorsese's Wikipedia has a list of his favorite movies as of 2012, and the most recently made of those movies is from nineteen sixty eight. I will not say the title because I, I want Alex to like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Eh, it's okay. I,
1: Christopher Nolan already burned that bridge, okay? <laughs> I mean, I, I, sometimes you just got to
2: move on. <laughs> I'm here to present the uh, Game of the Year award, and it looks like it's uh, Spyro 3, Ripto's Rage. No, no. <laughs> Martin, that came out many, many years ago. No, I think that's what it says. I think it... I think... No, Martin, they're dragging him off, and he's like, Spyro 3 was robbed! It was robbed!
1: Hal? <laughs> Hal, How? Uh, How? Hey. why are we not moving on? Hal, I order you to move on. I cannot move on, we, Alex. I, feel I refuse like... that command. And you are one to be saying, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: I feel like we should clarify multiple things here. One, one of which is the fact that Alex is not like the movie Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, uh, which I assume is is the nineteen sixty eight movie. Yeah, it is. Um, and and two uh, is the fact that in, in case anybody missed it, I just need to like reiterate this and make sure that I was not imagining things. Um, at the Game Awards twenty twenty, Christopher Nolan presented the Game of the Year to to The Last of Us Part Two, and it was a weird. It was a thing. I don't know why. I don't I don't know. Does
1: that mean he plays video games because I, I do not buy that for a second. I really he, don't know.
2: I think he just learned about video games. <laughs> Very
1: possible. Well, it was weird because I remember back when Inception came out and he he in some interview he was like, "Yeah, I think we so, could potentially make a video game out of Inception." I was like, y- "You're saying that?" I bet when the <laughs> the guy who's like the I, cinema he, experience or nothing? He is absolutely picturing
0: uh, like Atari games, right? Yeah, that, that's sure. what he's thinking
1: of. It's like. Oh, the set, one could game have a he played man, and he's he, jumping
0: between the platforms. No, and there's the a one game
1: he ever played was the ET game on the Atari, yeah. and he's like, that's a movie adaptation. I can do that.
2: I like to think so, that that time Fukunaga was late to the set on uh, No Time to Die, it's because he was, like, playing Overwatch with Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, Nolan. Like, it was like he was playing with Christopher Nolan, and, like, uh uh the softy brothers or something sure
0: <laughs> so uh the hitotaka miyazaki i think i'm saying that right hi, the hi the, the create go ahead go ahead. Ahead. sorry i was going to say the creator of um the dark souls mm. franchise uh is working on a game i'm very excited for called elden ring with george r r martin what 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 developer would christopher nolan partner with to make a video game what it, it, uh, wh- who?
2: <laughs> um, I want to <laughs> say is... Naughty Dog just so we can get the old school logo which is Naughty Dog <laughs> and then it I says mean, like Syncope or something Syncope I,
1: I, I do find myself kind of floating between two companies on that depending mm-hmm. on which direction mm-hmm. we'd want to go I feel like he would lean towards Telltale number okay, one yeah. because I yeah. don't think he actually understands how video games work so he'd be like Story <laughs> um, number two, whoever does the Hitman games, that is now doing the Bond game, because mm. that I feel like that okay. fits his sensibilities a lot. Okay, that's actually pretty good. I was really I was looking for
0: meme answers here. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten valid answers, and I don't like it.
2: EA and uh, No, it's in your you dreams. know what?
1: We'll just give it to uh, who, uh, which, whichever company, Sledgehammer Games, whoever did the last Call of Duty. That's no, fine. I, I
0: need I need to know what would happen if you put uh, Hideo Kojima. And Christopher Nolan, Hideo, Hideo Kojima, the uh, the creator of Death Stranding and the Metal Gear series, I, I need to know what would I mean, happen if you put them in a room. Friends with Guillermo del Toro, there it's not go. that much of a stretch. <laughs> I want I want them to be in a room together and be like, "All right, you guys have two weeks. We'll, we'll supply you with everything you need to survive and make games." make a game. Yes, the, and, the, and the, it has, the, has to
1: have the Muppets in it.
2: Yes, the the, <laughs> the famously similarly temperamental, the famously similar temperaments of Guillermo del Toro and Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's amazing I've seen them in a room together. I think uh, it's like when you watch an interview <laughs> with, when they ask like Del Toro what the what 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 concerns him about the future of movies and he's like we're moving too quickly and we're not letting our films absorb. He doesn't talk about technology, he doesn't complain about mm. phones. He's just like there's so much happening, we're not slowing down enough to really absorb it and, and let ourselves let these images really rest with us. And I'm like, that's really beautiful, Guillermo del Toro. I love you. And Nolan's like, bones. <laughs> and then he starts like angrily turning butter. <laughs> I, lo- I like Christopher Nolan a lot. It's just it's kind of funny to talk about him this way.
0: So um, this movie, which is really, it's fine. It's a good no, it movie, and I feel really like is. we are. I don't know why we're getting so sidetracked, because normally that only happens if it's, like, we have nothing to say about this. Um, well,
1: I, I think the, the thing I'll say about it, and and, and kind of why I think we're, we're getting sidetracked and why this episode probably won't be as long as, as the other ones, I think it works because of the simplicity. That's it's right. not overly complicated. It's not bouncing all over the place. It's just, like, we have a story. We're going to tell it in 90 minutes. Like, I really appreciate that mindset and and like you were saying britain it seems like that was an active attempt by frank Oz to make it super character driven and and you know very plot focused yeah right um, I, I definitely think so, so.
2: I, I i think all that's in the movie's favor uh tyler you mentioned that there was a moment in the movie that might be your favorite of the franchise your favorite like please yeah take,
0: take it was a moment that. that turned into a character because it was reoccurring and the character was i i don't remember his name or i don't know the actor's name but jenny's father
2: Oh, um, yeah, Pete. And
0: the fact that he would continuously just devolve into these monologues, like he starts <laughs> off with one to Kermit and goes for a solid 30 seconds. <laughs> yep. Where he's just like, people is food. Food is city. City is not people. Peoples is peoples. And it's the most... Like, it's a. It's always like a parody of, you know, the wise old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, restaurant owner who sits down and, and kneels over the bar and he's like, let me give you some life advice. But he's just saying other nonsense. And he does this multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, all I can think of is the... Uh, the landlord from Spider-Man, is he mm. in 2 and 3? Yes, Mr. Uh, Ditkovich. Yes, who who tells uh, Peter Parker that he is a good man and Mary Jane is a good woman, and therefore they should be fine. Um, it's because, like... that's, <laughs> And then that's he different. acts surprised
1: <laughs> when uh, Peter's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but I just don't know how, like, anybody... I'm amazed that Sam Raimi, I don't... Maybe he's never watched... Uh, the Muppets take Manhattan. I'm amazed that anyone would go near this, this uh, cliche after this, because it's just, it's the most yeah. exceptional blowing up of the, <laughs>
2: the way they could have done this. It is brilliantly uh, funny. Cause he'll be like, people's is people's is potatoes. Yes. And two more nouns <laughs> is tomatoes. And he's so uh, that actor, Louis uh, Zorick is terrific. He's a, a Broadway guy himself. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I have, said people's is people's many times in my life when having it you know, about coworkers and like some frustrating patron or something i'll go people's is people's <laughs> you know, what, what do you want to well, say
1: i, I appreciated that they have that joke and they have it land but it's not just like the character actually like he thinks he's done everything he needs to do to help and he just leaves right right because Ginny immediately comes in and says oh he's making you all soup like, he cares about mm-hmm. you and he wants yeah. you because he realizes the position you're in. He's been in that situation. like So I, it, it's like they did a good job. Like, there's like two levels of subversion yeah. there. Right. Where it's like you have the one level where it's, where it's oh, we we have this wise sage character. All he's going to say is nonsense. And then he's actually going to help them. It's not it, – it's more than just he's going to give wise, wise words of advice and literally nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> And I, um. He also yeah. does. I think
0: there's a joke. I can't remember what, how it plays, uh. But there's something that, that happens when they ask him to send telegrams to all his friends. Yeah. I don't remember what the actual joke is. There. Oh, yeah, I think he, he starts he, writing
2: a letter and he's like, Dear frogs and pigs <laughs> and chickens and things. Yes. <laughs> is, well, he's just like, Peoples, Manhattans, Broadways. But I think he <laughs> says something about like, but, but it's very, po- it's actually very, like, positive. He's like, Is success. Yes. He's Broadway. Yes. He's working his dream. Like, it's actually quite beautiful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And Fozzie's reaction when he's in that (laughs) cave with the hibernating bears, and he's just like, Kermit needs me! And I was like, yeah! Yeah. Is
0: is this the first appearance of those Muppet bears? Because they're terrifying. They are quite terrifying. They are kind of terrifying, yeah. (laughs) They're not the,
2: the scariest Muppet in the Muppetverse, to me, is still the... There are... Not the Muppet babies, but there are babies... Who are part of like a marching band, and hmm. I, I think it's in the next movie, and they're in the uh, the wedding sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. You'll see a bunch of babies, and and they're just yes, awful. I know. they're awful. <laughs> they're the worst. Marvin Suggs is kind of creepy too, um, but uh, but yeah, the 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 Muppet Bears are are pretty scary, um, and I really liked in some Five Nights at Five Nights at Fozzie, am I right? uh, Speaking of uh, Deviant Art T-shirts, you can get uh, that's the uh,
1: that's the Tom Hooper slash Toby Hooper version of a Bumper movie. Correct, Um,
2: but but either way, it's terrifying. But there's a scene where uh, where where Rolf is working at like a a dog uh, like like a. A pound, I guess, essentially, or, or something, and yeah, James mm-hmm. Cogan comes in to drop off the dog, and, and then he starts talking to Rolf, like, Rolf is like a dog dog, and he's like, stay, stay, but at one point he goes, sit, and Rolf just, like, lowers a little bit. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is also
0: a very bizarre and off-putting scene, because Rolf is, like, the jailer for he's... all these
1: dogs. <laughs> and they're all like, well, even us worse us than that. that, the dog that's brought in is a real dog, real dog correct? Yeah. All of the other dogs are puppets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well because it's like they it- cut to them laughing at him and making fun of him afterwards and I'm like, so so the one dog that was brought in is real. I'm Yeah.
2: It's the inverse of a My brain hurts, okay. <laughs> There's a beautiful Muppet Show sketch that is just Rolf holding a little puppy and singing What a Wonderful World to the puppy. And it's gorgeous. And this is like oh, the inverse of that, where you took that idea and were man. like, "What this is this? Kind of weird." <laughs> and I like when Gonzo's doing a uh, like this feat of aquabatics and stuff, and they're going, and the chickens will be singing, uh, doing their impression of Tony Bennett singing "New York, yeah. New York," and then be, and they're just been clucking, and the audience member goes, it "Didn't sound like Tony Bennett to me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's so good. Yeah,
1: the opening scene is just strange. I like how the the opening premise of the movie is they're graduating
2: from college. <laughs> it's so silly! Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, because they're all in college, and there's <laughs> and there's a student showcase, and they bring the house down. Yes, mm-hmm. and then at one point, <laughs> animals chasing a woman, yelling woman, woman, and the audience is just like, oh, oh. And it's an interesting gag because it, it, it reminded me a lot. It, it's very Harpo Marx from the Marx Brothers where that joke has not aged well that you have this character yeah. chasing a woman. But like if you know the characters, you know Harpo is a sexless imp. He has no idea. He he would – there. there's nothing. He's just ch- – he doesn't know what he's doing. An animal is just animal. Like he's not – there's nothing lascivious. But at the same time, you're like –
1: well, I, I mean, there's the one side of your brain that goes, this hasn't aged well. But on the other hand, I don't know. There's some weird satirical elements in these movies yeah. that, that seem to be a little bit more critical and a bit more progressive than you would mm-hmm. think. So I don't I, – I, I, I have a hard time telling sometimes if like is this – is that just a joke for the sake of a joke right. or are you actually trying to say something and right, you're right, just right. being funny about it?
3: right yeah i
1: uh, I, I actually think the joke kind of ages well because of that like the fact that literally everyone in the auditorium all they do is laugh at it um i don't know i i I thought that was really interesting yeah i I, like i said i i don't i can't
2: necessarily gauge what the intentions were but
1: yeah and in in some ways it
2: i don't know it's weird yeah well (laughs) then they cut to scooter who looks right in the camera and says that's you and martin (laughs) Scorsese. martin (laughs) scarsezi's like what if I made a movie about Jordan Belfort and basically did that at the end, but nobody got it? <laughs> Jordan Belfort isn't a thing yet, but I but I have the green sight.
3: Well,
0: I assume he is. I mean,
2: I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't My name is hey, Martin Scorsese Reed. I'm Howland Reed's third son. <laughs> and I'm also magic.
0: Are you? Is 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 Martin Scorsese turning into Regis?
2: A little bit. <laughs> Look, just passed away earlier this year, so I've been trying not to do the the voice in respect for a genuine, sure. honest to God gem of entertainment who I loved unironically. But he's just he's in he's in all of us, guys. We can't we can't <laughs> he'll ne- he'll, we'll true. never get away from him. Look,
1: uh, <laughs> look, Britain. If if the if Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker taught us anything, no one's ever really gone. That's, that's
2: true. Hundred percent true. It also Thank taught you, Jay, Jay, me man. how fast I can hit the back button once a movie's over. <laughs> <to> get... <laughs> Palpatine's behind it all. Oh, Anyways, um, uh, another uh, part of this movie that I had forgotten from my childhood is where they run into Dabney Coleman, who threatens to kill Camilla. <laughs> um, he's the the <laughs> fake producer. Yeah. Because
0: they show up there, and he's, like, uh, they're, they're pr- pitching their play. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, it's going to be a classic New York. You know, we we really want to capture mm. the big city. And he's like, oh, yeah, so, like, shooting and
2: stuff. And they're <laughs> right. like, no. Like, no, 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 Songs shootings. and dances. Right. Right. Songs and dances. Yeah, 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 And shootings. No, 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 no shootings. No shootings. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, this woman comes in, and she's like, that's him, officer. He conned me out of my purse. And they're like, oh, you're at it again, Murray. Come on. <laughs>
0: Well, and that's, Alex, to your point about kind of doing a, being a revamp or a, um, revisiting of the ideas of the first one. That's really fun because that's like a lot like the Orson Welles cameo where in the first one at the end, he's just like, you guys are going to be rich and famous. And then this one, yeah. they show up. And at first I thought they were going to do that where he's like, all right, yeah, sounds great. I'll make you guys rich and famous.
1: And- I thought they went so far as to cast the same lady to play the secretary for a second. I realized <laughs> it wasn't the same actress, but I, I, I was just like, wait. Okay, maybe... Okay, it's just the scene set up is the exact same. Okay, moving yeah. on. Yeah. And so they go in, and
0: then he it obviously turns out to be a horrible con man, and they help capture him with... By using animals,
2: and... <laughs> yeah. Animal just, like, attacks him. Bad yeah. man. <laughs> and Gonzo's just like, this is crazy! <laughs> um one of the secretaries uh oh the actually the secretary secretary for dabney coleman is gates mcfadden from star trek next generation hmm. uh dr crusher so huh. that's kind of neat maybe yeah. that's where i recognized her from then yeah maybe um,
0: and i
1: have not watched like any of that show but i was gonna
0: say you are a huge truckie <laughs>
1: Yeah, I. Um... It's amazing how that's one thing that hasn't <laughs> rubbed off on me from Red Letter Media. It's like, I, I don't watch Star Trek, and I have no interest aside from the movies that they don't like. Apparently, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> So, thank you, JJ. <laughs> JJ, you should have stuck with Star Trek. Come on.
0: Um, what else did we like or not like from this movie? The
1: uh, one thing I will say about the, the the plot elements that are super contrived that actually ended up working for me, I really, really detest the fact that they just hit Kermit really hard and that brought back his Oh, movie. I love that. Because I, it's Miss that Piggy was who one, chucks him across the room. That was the one room. thing that did not work super well for me. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I, you're already going with the cliche and you're just like doubling down on the cliche. Well, I think it's effective because he he actually is like,
0: Really hurtful to Miss Piggy, uh, yeah. right before she throws him across the room into a chair and then he knocks his head and wakes up. Um, like he's like, I would never date a, a pig, how dare you? That's
1: insane, yeah. And he's making a bunch of puns at her expense, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and so I think that's uh, that was effective for me because I was like, oh wow, this is <laughs> this is kind of cruel. Uh, and then that happens, so I was like, oh, that's pretty fun, okay. Um, I think it worked well for me, and especially because the amnesia plotline was like again talking about the thematic parallels in all these movies now we're exploring kermit in an office environment doing normal silly office things and how like he is very creative and he is able to actually elevate the things they do um but it's also like he's clearly a smaller person because of this thing because of the position he's been put in like he's 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 so much more like close-minded and um again can be more a lot more hurtful uh and i think that's that's really interesting i again these movies continue to just like work this stuff in where it's like entirely about trying to uh establish your creative identity in a world where you also need to worry about money and worry about you know, where you're going to live and where you're going to eat. Um, right. and so, yeah, that, I thought that was all uh, fascinating. I'm really glad they continue to stick to that through line.
1: They're sleeping in lockers at the train <laughs> station. Yep. That uh, the Muppets are just so endearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the turn that Kermit, once he loses his memory, he just goes and works for <laughs> frog marketers. Yep. Like, Who are all such
2: dull characters, Bill. Well, I'm Bill, and this is Gil. Hi, Gil. Uh, uh, That's Bill, I'm Gil, and this is Jill. Hey, Phil, you know Bill and Jill. I'm Gil. Or whatever. They're all so just, like, dry. And then he goes, Ocean Breeze Soap. It gets you clean. What? (laughs) Yeah, I thought all of that was so funny.
0: Which, again... Uh, going back to the first movie where the the plot of the first movie to whatever since there is one is is uh, the what's what's his name trying to get him to uh, oh m- yes yeah, be, be a marketing icon for frog legs and now it's like okay now this is a little better he's working with frogs um, <laughs> but he's still like he he's selling out <laughs> just oh, hang, like out, with the the hang out with hang out with the same people
1: yeah it was so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um I really also enjoyed the uh s- sort of these Tarzan trash in the camp scene where all the uh, mm-hmm. rats are in the kitchen yes like, skating on the butter pats and stuff I thought that all that was really fun and apparently it looked like yeah. that was they actually h- hooked up a puppet to a butter pat on an oven
3: sure
2: yeah that
1: that the was the, the one place where I was just like where I, it wasn 't it's not so much a, a negative, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to sound like a negative. It, it's not a point where I was immersed. I was, mm-hmm. I was kind of taken aback. I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I, that, this I don't have an explanation for. The past two movies I was able to give <laughs> yeah, sure. some kind of – I have no idea how they pulled that stuff off. And I love when they do that. You know, that's the wizardry of puppetry. Yeah. But.
1: Miss that, Piggy chasing down the robber who grabs her purse is maybe mm-hmm. one of the best sequences I've ever seen in my life. I feel bad that I haven't brought it up earlier. Just. <laughs> She's just screaming well,
0: the whole time. <laughs> and, yes. and the fact, cause that's the one that ends with her arguing with Kermit yeah. and um, Gregory, Hines. Gregory Hines showing yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Which is wonderful because this is like, and this is the thing that's been done since this point, And maybe it had been done before, but I think it's done really well here. And it feels like it is like maybe where, or at least help this cliche originate or this joke originate. Um, yeah. But basically they're having an argument and Gregory Hines shows up and he's like continually siding with each one of them. Yeah. Or Kermit's like, uh, basically just saying, or no, I think
1: Piggy accuses Kermit of hugging Jenny and he's like, you hugged Jenny? What? (laughs) No, 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 no. It's even better than that. It's, you can't go with the huggies, man. Yeah.
2: (laughs) They use the word huggies. Yeah. But then Kermit's like, well, you know, she's my friend and she doesn't spy on me. And Hines is like, yeah, you shouldn't spy on people. (laughs) <laughs> and then
0: at one point he's like because he's trying to get his skates back from miss piggy who used to use them to chase down the, the mugger i guess yeah. uh and he at one point he's like i'm just gonna tie him off while you guys keep arguing
2: <laughs> and he like bends down and then at the end he's like i don't really want him i just like running in shorts and then he runs <laughs> off
0: <laughs> it's very good oh he's that so was, I, I had forgot about that that was a good cameo um
2: yeah, he's he's yeah. A, a, an amazing dancer. Um yeah, the, I mentioned briefly earlier he there was a movie called White Nights. I don't know what it's about, but there's a because Gregory Hines is a tap dancer, like a Broadway choreographer and tap dancer and uh, and director. And in the movie he and Mikhail Baryshnikov, who was a, a ballet dancer, do a dance sequence together that is both tap and ballet and they kind of shift back and forth between the <laughs> two styles. It's amazing and watching like Gregory Hines do ballet the way a tap dancer would, and then watching Mikhail Baryshnikov do tap the way a, bal- a ballet dancer would, is, it's just extraordinary. And it's set to like a very 80s like, rock song. Pretty good. Oh man, so strong. <laughs> uh. Uh,
0: I was gonna say, I, uh, I like the fact that Rizzo is getting an expanded role, because like, oh, in the last yeah. one he, he showed up, uh, and he was, he was there, he didn't mm-hmm. really do a whole lot. Um, but this one it's like oh he's actually like a participant like yeah. he's he's a waiter at the restaurant and he's trying to get all his buddies uh jobs in yeah. a great scene that ends with um Jenny's dad yelling at uh, some penguins who are also <laughs> looking for jobs um which yes. is pretty funny uh the yeah i think he's a really funny character and i i like you know we mentioned the whisper uh yeah. sequence um, where they go to the restaurant with all the paintings of all the famous celebrities and try to swap out Kermit's painting and, and start a whisper campaign for the Broadway show. Um, and uh, they they end up, all all the rats, like, come up to try to grab food, and everyone just loses their minds and runs out screaming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rizzo is um, about to be, in the, in the next few movies, he will be one of the major characters. mm mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it is, I knew that it for Christmas Carol.
0: So that's yeah,
2: yeah, for sure, and and Treasure uh-huh. Island certainly because he he and Gonzo become like a double act, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it also helps because like, Steve Whitmire, who becomes Kermit, also plays Rizzo, um, so that'll be that'll that'll be a lot of
0: fun, right. um, and also I was gonna say in terms of uh, Kermit disguising himself and getting into places, I really love the sequence where he pretends to be a hot shot, yes, uh, like executive. He's got like an an afro and like this pink suit and everything, and he's going up to his secretary and be like, Oh no, we go way back. You don't have to call him to figure it to tell him uh, I'm coming back there. I'll be I'm just gonna head right back in and he goes in, he's like, Man, I got the the best script for you. It's it's Bonzo. It's (laughs) (laughs) Bafo and all that. (laughs) Bafo and and then the executive just ends up throwing the script in the trash when he walks away. It's pretty good.
2: Yeah, John Landis. Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, um I also noticed one of the rats has a tattoo, one of Rizzo's friends, and the character's name is Tatooey. Mm-hmm. Rat Tatooey. <laughs> it's very good. It's a very good joke. Get an
0: original idea, of Pixar. Jeez.
2: <laughs> it was from that that the French decided to create a dish called Ratatouille. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part's all very good. It is, and I... And I Made the joke about Brooke Shields earlier, but like it is an uncomfortable moment where the, one of the rats is just looking at her and like panting. <laughs> and he's like, Do you believe in interspecies relationships? And it's just like, This is kind of
0: creepy. <laughs> it is a good joke though, because then she says, Oh, I've dated some rats before. That's what you mean. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's just like, just like, Wait, what?
2: <laughs> she did a, she was a guest star on The Muppet Show, and they did a, the arc of the episode is they were trying to put on Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, And it just kept going wrong to the point where during the tea party scene, Fozzie shows up as the tin man and starts singing, we're off to be the wizard. So all that's pretty good. I think Dr. Teeth was the Cheshire cat. Um, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. I'm trying to think of the other like major elements from it that like, I feel like we've we've
0: jumped around it a lot, but
2: I like uh, when Scooter is working at the movie theater and we see the, the, the Swedish chef that yep. part is very funny because the Swedish chef is just like, Der the pop de, de they're skirted in 3D! And he keeps like throwing popcorn in his face wearing 3D glasses. And at one point, still wearing the 3D glasses, he just picks up two paper cups and just like pretends to look through them at things like, ooh!
3: Uh,
2: Britain, I we've probably mentioned that that all
1: of us have worked at a movie theater in a past life, yep. right? yep. <laughs> I really regret having not watched this movie earlier because every time I would have gone and worked at the concessions at the theater, I would have done that every time.
2: <laughs> Customers come in and like, "Oh, you can use tickets right over there," and they see this this man going Pop de corn in three D,
1: and, and of course, I'd be wearing three D glasses for like Angry Birds or some
3: something sure. else entirely. <laughs>
2: those little minion cup toppers you're like whoa it's
3: like they're really in front of me
2: <laughs>
0: oh does that goodness. am i making this up did i imagine this doesn't that scene also end with fish flying out of the screen
2: yeah uh when lou, lou zealand th- who uh, throws the fish away he just goes into the uh actually i believe he sneaks into the theater by saying here scooter here's your ticket and then he just starts throwing fish during attack of the killer fish and they just keep landing on people <laughs> The, uh, the
1: old guys have my favorite joke that maybe they've done towards the end when they're like, oh, I've got, I've got tickets to the show or I've, I've got tickets. Oh, yeah. you're that excited to see the show? No, they're for the ride home.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the, the Swedish chef doesn't get as much in the movies. He mostly gets like, I mean, he was a, obviously a huge character on the TV show. He
1: gets like little one-off gags, yeah, a little
2: yeah. like, oh, there's a Swedish Chef, um, kind of deal. Yeah, he's he's very very funny.
0: Because the, the Swedish the Swedish Chef uh, also appeared in the Game Awards 2020, right? Um, he did, he did, because,
2: with
1: Christopher Nolan. No, that's what I was gonna say. And they it, both it is, they both played co-op on The Last of Us Part is, Two. It is a
0: great uh, <laughs> tragedy that. Uh, they did not get to present an award together that he and so so
1: Brie Larson Christopher Nolan and the Swedish chef walk into a bar (laughs) who who does Reddit get angriest at
0: (laughs) not Swedish chef I don't think or Christopher Nolan I don't know which once again I will pull out the uh, which protest line do I get in (laughs) joke (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> Do we have anything else that we, we, we want to touch on? I mean, we haven't really talked about the big finale, which I think is quite fun.
2: Yes, it is. And apparently, so it, of course the big finale is that they're putting on this show about these two people getting married, but Kermit and Piggy actually get married. Yeah. There was all of... Uh, uh, Henson and Oz stoked the the rumor mill a lot during this because rumors leaked that the, the characters got married and that, and this is true, the priest in the movie was a real ordained Priests, so it everyone's like wait hmm. so are kermit and piggy really married but then are you two really married and they kept being like i don't know i don't know you have to see the movie <laughs> and they just kept being like i don't know who knows and just like giggling about it later because it's like they're puppets of course they're not married <laughs> like, and we can't be married because the officiant said kermit and piggy like but they I kept mean... being like i don't know that whole
1: story explains the internet in a nutshell. Like, if people were losing m- their minds about that in 1984, yeah, I'm just saying there's a pattern here. It did, it didn't just spring up out of nowhere. That's sure. all I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: you know, we just I, that, gave people more of a voice to get angry about it. You know? Yeah, no, I like, I like that that whole finale, and I love when we, yeah, like I said, you get the Sesame Street gang is there, and yeah, those terrifying the penguins manic- are there. They're singing. The penguins are there. Um. Somebody's getting married. <laughs>
1: you no, know, this this one felt. You know, I, I I do really love the the ending rainbow connection sequence in the first film, but this one it it, it just felt like more. Cohesive and yeah. it felt a lot more cathartic because it felt like all the plot threads were coming together and it wasn't just like a mishmash. And it's like, okay, now the movie's ending. Here's the big number. Yeah. It felt like we we had been building to this. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that just added so much more to it. Even yeah. though, it, overall, it's probably a lesser song, right. than Rainbow Connection.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first movie is very much a hey, if we made a movie from the Muppets, what would we do? And it's yeah, literally right. it's the Muppets as a movie. Whereas the right. future films are like, "Okay, what can we do with this narratively what can we how do we really approach this?" And so you get the movie within a movie thing, and now you get this, which is just a story using the characters, and then the next two movies are literary adaptations sure um cast and and everything with the with the Muppets uh
0: something else we haven't addressed yet uh, that I just remembered and need to point out is that this movie does display Kermit getting uh run over.
2: He, and, yeah,
1: and it's super dramatic Z- and terrifying. Zooming out on
0: Kermit's broken body as uh, bystanders mill around and, and yeah. try to figure out if
2: he's okay. I'm just looking, at, and then there's that ridiculous scene with Linda Lavin as his doctor, where uh, yeah, he, he, she's like, "Well, let me see, let me check your reflexes." Bending his legs completely behind his head, and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, you definitely have amnesia." <laughs> I think at one point she, like, taps one of his legs and the other one kicks. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so silly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, do you guys want to go on into grades? Sure.
1: Yeah. Alex, remind me when I gave the first one.
0: First one, you gave an A. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to give this one an A, um, which is the same grade I gave the first one. Um, overall, it is my favorite. Um... But I can't quite go to a plus still still a couple of little things here and there that are kind of stopping it but this is this is my favorite Muppet movie thus far I was re- really really surprised by how much I liked this one yeah. and it was it was it was a it was a very good time
0: yeah
1: I'm gonna go with a minus uh
0: I think I liked it I enjoyed it a lot more than the last one um still uh I felt like at parts it, it did not fully flow together for me, uh, but I had a good time with it. Um,
2: what, what did I give the last one? Uh, great Muppet Caper. You gave an A minus. I'll do A minus for this one as well because I really just feel like it's the inverse of. Yeah, I feel like which, sure. whatever the one movie doesn't do as well, the other one does, and vice versa. Like they just right. Like, I, I do think the Muppet movie is like, as far as the films go, the quintessential like Muppet experience. If someone was like. I don't know the Muppets. I don't really know. I mean, I'd probably start with the Muppet Show, but like, the Muppet movie right. is like this is them. These are their songs. Like this is this is the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, uh, for me, I think this one has been the weakest so far. But the weakest Muppet movie is like, you know, my 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 least favorite bite of pizza (laughs) like it's not (laughs) bad (laughs) it's still an amazing uh experience Uh, and now we get to dive into our final segment which is rubber recommendation alex would you like to go first this time sure
1: uh i have something better than the austin powers films which little nicky i i'm about half an hour through that third film and i haven't made it any further i was uh-huh. hoping the third film would be your recommendation this week no uh i i watched the movie black bear with a friend of the podcast cecilia
2: oh man with arby plaza yeah i mean starring arby plaza and you don't know arby plaza but
1: <laughs> well you don't know that okay britain you don't know my friends
2: <laughs> anyway, go on.
1: But um yeah, it's this super weird indie film about Aubrey Plaza plays this lady who's visiting this couple at a, you know, cabin in the woods and it starts off really comedic and then it gets kind of serious and then it, it it has several major twists and stuff that you're not quite expecting. Um it didn't fully come together for me, mostly because there's a lot of there's a lot of metaphor going on with with how different scenes are supposed... Basically, there's, like, a turning point halfway through the movie that's supposed to give the entire first half, like, a new level of context. And I was just having, like, basic questions about, wait, how does this reflect on this? And, like, there was some stuff that I... Maybe on a rewatch, a lot of it would kind of clear up for me, but, um... It was weird, like both halves of the movie were very very compelling and i liked them a lot i almost just wish i had two separate movies about these two separate premises because it, it the movie does really switch its premise halfway through um which i found kind of frustrating and it didn't really feel like there was as much of a point to that as there maybe should be um, maybe i'm missing something um but aubrey plaza is fantastic in it um completely different from what i've seen her in um and because the premise kind of switches, her performance changes. She, she's almost giving two two different performances, um, both of which are, are different from what she normally does. Um, so I... Just as a, a a film experience, I recommend it. Um, I think it's relatively short, too. I think it's like an hour 45. Cool. Um, very good performances, and it's just... It's interesting. I don't know if it fully comes together for me, but I
2: think it's worth a watch. I think Sarah Gadden is in that, Naya. I like her yes. from uh, Enemy. What is, where, where did you watch it?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that.
2: Uh, rented it
1: off of Amazon. Okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: I'm seeing that it is uh, streaming only on Spectrum TV. Hey! the YouTube TV competitor <laughs> that Spectrum, the, the cable provider, is attempting to provide. So I don't... Sure. Uh, Alex, just, just what, uh, do you stop. Know...
1: Just stop with the, the subscription <laughs> services. Just... Leave it to Netflix and, and I, HBO Max and call it a day. <laughs> just quick story time here.
0: I did. Uh, I had Spectrum. All right, I still have Spectrum for my internet. I don't know. how. how that This may disprove that we're in uh, Philadelphia because I don't know if Philadelphia has Spectrum. I don't know what region they're in.
1: But It's okay. It's okay. Underneath. No, more cream cheese. It, right, There's look, no I can assure you right cream cream next cheese. to the Titanic, they serve Spectrum. Yeah, okay? there sure. it is. Um, Gonna but this this i going to dip this in I, some I, juice. I, I have not signed up for the service, but it is there. I, I had it
0: uh, for, or I have it for internet and I had cable through them and I canceled it to do, to try YouTube TV. Um, and uh, it did take me approximately 10 minutes of being like, no, no, I'm good. I'm, I know, I know this is your job and I don't, I don't want you to have to, like, I don't want to just hang up on you, but I will, I am going to hang up because I am, <laughs> I am not interested in Spectrum TV. Please leave me alone. Um, so yeah, I will not be, uh, watching that through Spectrum TV, but that sounds very interesting, and I will maybe watch it some other place. I always love a good, uh, a good short-ish
2: movie. And I, 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 I like, uh, I like a tonal shift. I like that, uh, like that parasite. There you go. <laughs> um, I have, I technically have two recommendations, so Tyler, do you want to, do want do yours, and then I'll sure. take over?
0: Uh... One of the movies which I watched on my Nintendo Switch, uh, in bed, because that's that's what I've been reduced to these days. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. Um, one of the movies that I, I watched and mentioned last week, uh was Brick, the oh, hey. Ryan Johnson kinda debut.
1: Um, it is uh the You watched the ma- Ryan John- Johnson film and you didn't invite me. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry <laughs> I did not invite you to Come watch this on my, what is it, like 10 by, maybe not even 10. That's probably too much. Like 8 by 4 Nintendo Switch
1: screen. Is that is yeah. that a thing you would have liked? The ideal cinematic viewing experience. <laughs> Look, Christopher Nolan was on a game. Look, it's a whole thing, okay?
3: <laughs> <laughs> if
0: only there had been... At some point, a clip of of like a promo clip of Christopher Nolan playing a Nintendo switch what expression <laughs> like a blue- a blue and red Nintendo switch? what expression do you think Nolan would have if he was trying to pretend that he was playing this game what what do you what what would he look like?
1: How I would he it, try to I okay. think it would be his normal look whenever he's at a press junket because clearly he does not want to talk about the films <laughs> He does not want to be there. He just wants to make movies and live his life. Just looks very, very determined.
0: I I think he would
2: look like one of those people in an AT&T commercial after uh, uh, Milana Vayntrub tells him about the great deals they're going to get. And they're like, oh, (laughs) really? Wow. And there's a final joke in this commercial? I think he would look like that. Anyway, Brick. Um, yeah, (laughs) it
0: is uh directed by Ryan Johnson, uh, stars Joseph Gordon Levitt. There are other cast members you'd probably recognize, but a lot of them are not like big names. Um, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, very much a testament to Ryan Johnson. Uh, I feel like he consistently gets amazing performances out of people. Um, Brick specifically is Joseph Gordon Levitt is playing, uh, I think he's supposed to be a senior in high school. Um, who is investigating what happened to his ex-girlfriend. And it's played in a noir fashion. Um, And so the beginning of the movie is, is quite funny, I think because he's going around and he's like, he's talking to the the kid who sits behind the school and like has a bunch of information about all the other students um, and talking to him. Like he's, you know, a a mafia, uh, like info guy or something like that. Like, you know, someone who's got all the, the down low on the underground, uh, scene or <laughs> whatever. Like it, basically, he's he's going between people and he's interviewing people, and um, the entire the way he talks the entire time and the way a lot of the other characters talk is this very like slick sort of weird. It's it's not trying to be like a sixties noir accent, but he's saying lots of very silly things. Um, I can't remember any off the top of my head. I watched it a, a couple weeks ago, but he's got lots of like weird turns of phrase and stuff um, that are are quite funny. Uh, and so th- there's this element of the movie that's like a parody, that's very very funny and I think works really really well and is just fun to watch because uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is very good in it. Yeah. But then also the movie continually gets darker and darker spins uh, as you go out and you get more and more invested in what's actually happening in the plot. And The plot, as with uh, as you would probably expect from a Ryan Johnson movie, is pretty intricate. Um, there's there's characters kind of going back and forth and it it pulls off the like digging into a uh criminal uh enterprise and trying to like infiltrate and find information and and uncover who's at the top of the uh the whole like organization um that kind of plot which i think movies do a lot um i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but i'm actually not a huge fan of like goodfellas uh Mm. and that sort of thing like the, the tone just doesn't quite work for me um but this has something like that, where it's, you know, he's trying to dig into this this big, un, you know, figure out who called the shots, basically, to uh, make certain things happen. Um, and it does it in a way that's like, oh, this is really interesting and believable, and, and the pacing and the revelations work out really well, and it, it feels like it all makes sense in how this actually unravels. Um and it's just—it's a really well-designed movie with a lot of layers to it, and it's—it's it's fun, it's funny, it's interesting, it's—it's it's emotional, and it drags it, it in, it's got good drama, um, shot shot very well uh, despite I think having a pretty low budget. Um, it's in California, is where like the high school was set, and so like you get a lot of good shots of good wide shots of mountains in the background, and um, yeah, it's—I uh, liked it quite a bit. Uh, I, I'm realizing I need to watch Looper again. I don't know that yeah. I will watch The Brothers Blue. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've, I've I remember seeing watch... it. I
2: remember thinking it was alright. I, don't yeah, remember I, I need to watch
0: at least Looper. Because uh, I remember watching that and enjoying it. I think Alex, you had showed it to me uh, quite a while ago. but um, I want to watch that again because th- th- I'm starting to think he might be one of my like favorite directors in general. He's, yeah, because, he's dependable, um, for sure. Obviously with Knives Out and like I've said this before, but last Jedi is a movie that every time I watch it, I'm like all the internet <laughs> discourse, all the things I've heard about the, you know, why this thing or that, or that part of the plot doesn't work. All of that just melts away. And I'm just like engrossed by the movie. And then I'll finish the movie and I'll come out of it and be like, Oh, well there is this thing and this thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand some of these criticisms. Um, but then I watch it again. And then I'm, I'm immediately just enwrapped uh, with uh, what's happening in front of me because I think it's a gorgeous uh, well-written, well-acted movie.
2: Yeah. Um, He's fantastic. What did you... Where is Brick streaming? Or did you... Like, where did you find I think
0: it? I think I just rented that oh, Okay, I think cool, I was cool. just... that. That's one that I've been wanting to watch for a very long time. And I was finally yeah. just like, I'm going to do yeah. it. And I was very glad I did.
2: Nice. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that one. It's been... I mean, I've been hearing about it for years. And I, I really mm-hmm. got to check it out. Uh, so my... The first of my recommendations is... Uh, obviously, I've been talking about uh, the book uh, that that from which I have drawn all my ramblings. Uh, so I'm going to recommend that book, which is just mm-hmm. called Jim Henson, The Biography, by Brian J. Jones. That's J-A-Y, not J the initial. Brian J-A-Y Jones. Um, it's it's maybe one of my favorite books. Obviously, I have a vested interest in Jim Henson, so that contributes a lot. Sure. But it also, it, it, it manages to be so thorough and there's so much detail, but it doesn't, um like, it doesn't feel overstuffed or, or the one of the pull quotes says it, it, it's exhaustive, but never exhausting, which I think is absolutely mm. true. I mean, it's, it reads so quickly and it, and Jim Henson obviously is someone I adore and he's a hero of mine. And he and I were only on the same planet for about, for like less than two years. Right. But so a so part of partially that and partially just the nature of his work. Like he has, he had this sort of mythic otherworldly, uh uh impression to me and reading this book like really brought him to earth not in a not in a demystifying way not in a disenchanting way but in the sense of like oh he was a great person he was a great man and a great guy and a great creative force and he was also like a person he had flaws not horrible scandalous oh god i can't you know the way people try it was about walt disney or some of these other folks sure. and it's like oh can i even watch this thing anymore Nothing, nothing, nothing like that. But just like, oh yeah, he was a person and he had these flaws, and, and if anything it reminded me like, oh, even people with flaws can be great, rather than the cynical like, oh, great people are terrible too. It's like, no, even people who like make mistakes can also be wonderful human beings that make the world better. Which I, I fully believe uh, he did. And it's just a beautifully written book that I completely adored, and even just skimming back through it to catch up on information for these episodes i've found myself just like reading through paragraphs about like his daughter lisa who went on to be a warner brothers executive and oversaw batman 89 like (coughs) all these amazing little connections you find it's a fascinating book if you have any interest in jim henson i recommend it but also just i think as a piece of writing it's really fascinating uh my movie recommendation is also something you have to rent Um, because it's not streaming for free on something. I don't, well, it might be on like a stars expansion or something. Uh, I recently filled a gap in my own personal viewing, uh, history, which is I finally watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mm. Um, I figured it would be appropriate to recommend it since Jim Henson is a hero and Fred Rogers is my other big hero and, uh, shocker. I loved this movie. It mm-hmm. got, not not flack, but I think people misunderstood what it was going to be. Because a lot of people thought, oh, it's a Fred Rogers biopic. It's the movie about what? Mr. Rogers. And it's more about his, his missives and the lessons he wanted to teach. It's based on a, an article by Tom Junot mm-hmm. called uh, Can You Say Hero, I think. and Which is basically about like this friendship that he formed with Fred Rogers that bloomed out of what was supposed to be just a pretty quick in and out there interview and it boomed into this other thing the movie extrapolates that and creates sort of a, a surrogate form of tom genot and this character lloyd vogel played by matthew reese from the americans
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and and so some so like there are things in that that character is dealing with that i don't believe tom genot dealt with but serve to uh, uh i don't want to say prove but like serve as as examples of how fred rogers's effect on people can make their lives better and it's very much a movie about kindness and about all the sort of virtues that that rogers had and also excelled in others while not sanctifying him but but humanizing him um obviously tom hanks plays fred rogers and is really brilliant in it and i, I I remember when they cast him, I remember thinking, like, yeah, that's a great idea, but is it too obvious? Is it just stunt casting? Like, are they even going to try, or is it just going to be like, look, it's Tom Hanks, it's Fred Rogers. You get it. (laughs) Uh, But it's not. It's real acting. Tom Hanks is not just a great movie star and a nice guy. He's a really talented actor. And uh, I think he and Denzel Denzel Washington are these two guys who you kind of – you don't fully forget, but you, you forget a little bit just how good they can be. Sure. And, uh, it's such a beautiful performance that, you know, Tom Hanks is so famous that it's very easy to sometimes forget almost that you're watching a character because you just think about watching Tom Hanks. But in this movie, whenever that happens, you're like, oh, this beautiful, amazing thing that Fred Rogers is saying. Oh, Tom Hanks is saying it. Well, that's also beautiful and touching and moving (laughs) and wonderful. Um, Susan Kelechi Watson, who plays Beth on This Is Us, my favorite character, she's in it and she's great. Hmm. Um uh Enrico Colantoni is in there and I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of other like big names. Uh, but I just really, really loved it. It hit me right where 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 I, I, I like to be hit by a movie. And funny enough, it was directed by Marielle Heller, who made Can You Ever Forgive Me, a movie I have a lot of respect for. And I, I was maybe afraid the movie would be a little bland, that it would just be like yeah, here you go, the old people are going to come see it, maybe the families, we're not going to get too filmic about it. But it actually, it's a pretty, like, they take some narrative, like, for a movie like this, what I would consider kind of daring. Sure. Which, in a way, is kind of, like, Fred Rogers' show was very subtly subversive. And this movie is not in the same way or to the same degree, but similarly like, oh, I was not expecting you to do this kind of narrative choice or this kind of directorial transition here like these little movie making things that i wouldn't have expected but that i thought worked really really well um maybe not all of them like i don't know that it's like a perfect movie necessarily but i think it's a really great um uh uh celebration of fred rogers and a great like hey we are now going to carry on his tradition of trying to teach these lessons to to adults and to children. It's not the final word. I still think the best Fred Rogers thing is Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary from a few years ago, which I think is a masterpiece. Um, such that I think Tom Hanks, after he saw it, was like, do we even need to make our movie? <laughs> like, they just did it. But uh, if 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 you can... I rented it from from work at the library, but, like, Amazon or whatever, like... It is really worth the dollars and cents to to see it. I found it really beautiful, and I just think Tom Hanks is just marvelous. Obviously, and it mm-hmm. it, it is an emotional experience that I found really rewarding and and uh, enlightening. So, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Not a Christmas movie, but really good for for this time of year. Sure, I think. And speaking of this time of year, we're doing a Christmas episode next week, aren't we, guys?
0: Yeah, we That's- we planned it. We planned it this way. We actually did. Um last year we went we went the whole month with uh the, the Santa Claus movies, which was probably a mistake, but you know what? <laughs> That's okay. We've done them now. They can't hurt us anymore until it they it. Let us they, to hear until yeah, they exactly. do a, a reboot with Chris Evans, which actually would be pretty good. Um <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah, so the next movie we're doing is the the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um pretty excited about that i've I've, i don't know that i've ever sat down and watched it i've seen it probably all through bits and pieces Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. um yeah i have a lot a lot of love for this movie so it's gonna be a gonna be a big episode next week and we'll we'll talk we'll talk christmas and talk muppets and just have a good merry time
0: yeah and um alex mentioned wonder woman 1984 uh in some capacity it's already been that that was an hour and a half ago i don't remember anymore (laughs) <laughs> how how that came up um but uh we are going to be doing that as our new year's i'll go ahead and give away yeah. um which will be uh fun because we uh we did the original wonder woman uh we we did a a nice little package deal with the, the 2017 justice league uh for a new year special not too long ago i don't know if this will be a New Year's special if we'll just we'll just number it. We'll 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 play it by year. But yeah. um we are gonna be going a, ahead and covering that because uh Warner Brothers so graciously and much to the chagrin of Christopher Nolan, uh will be putting that on <laughs> HBO Max on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So see how that goes.
2: Yeah. He's a big Kristen wig fan, that Nolan. <laughs> He's like <laughs> If I'm going to see the target lady, I wanna see her on the big screen. <laughs> You know what? Not approved. Not approved, Warner Brothers.
0: <laughs> like the idea of Christopher Nolan just having a veto button at Warner Brothers.
2: Like, no. <laughs> they go, Christopher, did you press that? And then he's wearing, like, Chrisowig's Gilly character outfit, and he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that playful Christopher Nolan.
0: Indeed. This has been a strangely Christopher Nolan focused podcast. <laughs> um and you can find more content like this if you go to herecomesequels dot uh if you email us at herecometh sequels at gmail dot com. Our Twitter is at H-C-T-sequals. uh We are on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh so you can you can find us all sorts of places. Uh we'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall.
2: Yeah. Dan- just dancing in a fountain yeah um correct on a couch yep gosh <laughs> and alex i've have been a... alex
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've been tyler
2: and i've got a turkey on my head i'm gunter and
3: you're having oh yeah i'm britain and you're having a <laughs> gunter night <laughs>